Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Let's at least check the uh, habitat place out. Friendships, um, 
yeah, once like you to, get sex involved, it takes it to a whole different level. So hopefully we can get some responses from our audience of whether or not they think it's possible to be just friends after having sex. Well, One of the pieces of research I was looking at uh, made the comment that in these uh, friends with benefits relationships or in a lot of relationships that the women want the friendship or the intimacy and the men want the benefits or the sex. Okay. Now, um, yeah, naturally. i probably get more agreement with that one. <laughs> <laughs> naturally. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I think the key to a lot of what we want to talk about tonight is that a lot of this centers around unrealistic expectations and oftentimes unspoken expectations. In relationships in general, too often people don't communicate their needs and expectations on the front end. They get into casual relationships. They get into casual sex, and before you know it, the relationship has developed. And sometimes in a different direction than what they expect. And because we're human, you only have so much control over your emotions and your behavior, and certain behavior will carry with it certain emotions. And so when you look at the question of if you have a close friend and you have been involved with that person doing different activities and it's a platonic relationship, that's at one level. Once you cross that boundary, and bring sex into the picture, it can create a lot of confusion. And if you don't sit down and have a really good discussion about what your expectations are and how you're going to handle that, then things can get pretty, you know, mixed up. Because oftentimes people aren't willing to really say what they really mean. They say what they think you want to hear or they say what they feel comfortable with and they say, well, I'm not jealous, I can handle this and... You know, before you know it, you got somebody stalking you, and you yeah. got to take out an order of protection. We ain't even open. <laughs> and I don't. You're so right about that. I I know how that situation will go. Maybe if she did, yeah. I mean, she might have been doing. But this whole concept of <clears throat> friends with benefits. One yeah. definition that I looked at, and there were several, but they all say pretty much the same thing. And this is basically where two people that are friends. Enter, and they may or may not have a physical attraction. Oftentimes they have a physical attraction, and if you spend enough time with the person, that's going to develop anyway because of human nature. But you basically have two people that are friends, and they have a mutual decision that they're going to take it to a different level, and they become sexually involved. Neither party consider themselves being committed to the other one. Uh, they might even date other people, um, and they might have an agreement we're going to date other people. Some people might call that an open relationship or an open marriage, for example, but uh, friends and people in this friends with benefits arrangement don't consider their behavior dating, and some of them don't even consider it a relationship, um, and they don't even think about it in that matter. But it's difficult to keep those boundaries from getting blurred and confused. So if you have two people that have had a friendship for whatever period of time and they become physically attracted to each other and then it moves to that next level, then that's what we're looking at. Um, It's different from a one-night stand because that's typically, oftentimes it may be with someone that you're um, not even that familiar with. Um, it's amazing what some people can do 
um, with relationships like that, uh, it might be similar to casual dating, but with casual dating, uh, it's not quite the same because you know, that's more sporadic. And people in casual dating oftentimes will be dating other people. But in Friends with Benefits, I think that sometimes people are just fooling themselves and they aren't often, oftentimes they aren't truthful about their true feelings. And if you have a person who is not quite stable, then you can really have a you know, volatile situation there. So with these situations where people decide, well, we're going to be friends and lovers, but we're not going to be committed, uh, we're going to date someone else, almost always one person is going to be at a different spot in that relationship than the other one, and one is going to have a different set of expectations than the other one. And even well, if now, they, yeah. mm-hmm. Bo, could could that possibly, I mean, if it's two people that are balanced mentally, could mm-hmm. that possibly lead to a successful relationship? Well, it could. And a little bit later I'll look at some research that I found that uh, basically said that 10% of the people that involved engage in these friends with relationships become romantically involved and monogamous in that relationship. Um, so that can happen because that's human nature. But sometimes I think that when people are engaged in these relationships and they are saying we're not committed, mm-hmm. if you spend much time with someone, then naturally you're going to develop feelings about that person. And sometimes I think people deny their feelings or they you know, push them aside. But that's where the confusion comes in. And rather than just be honest and say, hey, I want to take it to a different level, I want to be committed, sometimes they might not do that because they're afraid the other person is going to you know, not agree or they're afraid, well, if I push the, ball, you know, push the envelope too much, then I'm going to lose out on the sex part. Yeah. With men, most <laughs> often that's what's really keeping them in that relationship. And, well, uh, there's now, no I don't know. Women are, you know, women are starting to... Be a little more, um, what's the word I want to say, relaxed yep. about um, <laughs> relationships now. So I, I know quite a few, I have quite a few friends that are in like a friends with benefit um, mm-hmm. situation. And, you know, with them it, it works. Yeah. Well, I think that yeah, I think that what's happening is that a lot of the stereotypical roles for women are changing and a lot of the stereotypical roles for men are changing. And it takes two people to tango. So I think that if you've got these relationships, if they are not you know, homosexual relationships, it's a man and a woman. <laughs> and so <laughs> and you got just yeah, many. And actually one piece of research showed that um, it's about 65% men and 50% women. So it's pretty equal. I don't know who that other 13% is with if they are <laughs> out there. But, uh, well, they probably jump ship there over on the other side of the street now. <laughs> you know, they are ACDC swinging both ways. <laughs> so, you know, the defect, but I think that people defect. are getting back to where the values were back in the late 60s, early 70s. When you think about what was commonly called the sexual revolution, that was very common back when I was in college. And a lot of the research is of college students or the 18 to 25 age group. Um, 
And so it's very common in college settings uh, where people are trying to find themselves. They are developing these relationships, and they don't want to be committed. But thinking back to some of my experiences in college, uh, some of these people thought that they could handle it and only to find out um, that it wasn't as easy as they thought it would be. But people that are engaged in these friends with benefits relationships, sometimes I think that they're basically straddling the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a way to not be accountable, to not be committed. Uh, you don't have to break up before the holidays to keep from buying a present because the other person doesn't expect one anyway. Right. <laughs> but you right. also don't take them home to visit the parents and to introduce them to your family because um, you don't expect to get committed. But as I said, well, as it kind of turns out, it's more of a friends without benefits. You know, I mean, you don't like you say you don't get you know you don't get the gifts, you don't get to go well, and be wine and dine. You know, it is what it is. Well, the bottom line is the only benefit is the sex. Right. You know, that's right. the benefit. And, you know, you miss out on a lot of those things. Like you say, you you miss out on a lot of the things that comes with a monogamous, committed relationship, um, like the security sometimes. And sometimes people uh, say that they don't want to be committed, but that's because they don't want to be held accountable. They want the freedom to do what they want to and to come and go. But sometimes they get jealous of the other person, and that can create some problems. I was looking at this article, and they were kind of looking at some of the pros and cons of uh, the relationships, and I guess you have to kind of say the pros tongue-in-cheek because the main thing that's attracted in a lot of these relationships is the physical attraction, and the majority of the relationship centers around the sexual behavior. So that's the key to a lot of it is that you have two people that start out as friends and they decide to take it to the next level, and you really don't know which way it's going to go a lot of times because you can only account for yourself. You can't account for that other person. You assume that if they say that that's what they want, that that's really what they want. But sometimes people only say what they're willing to be transparent about, and that may or may not be their feelings. Right. And in these relationships, there's no, supposedly there's not the emotional drama that goes with some relationships. But over a period of time, I think that will vary from person to person. Mm-hmm. Uh, people might not feel like they have the right for the drama because if there's drama, then that implies that there's some emotion. And if right. they aren't wanting to be held accountable, then they might you know, hold their feelings in. But oftentimes when you do that, there's a certain amount of anger and resentment that builds up. So there might not be the typical drama that you see in a lot of relationships, but you can't control that other person's feelings. Um, if both people uh, have, you know, want that, then that's fine. You see that sometimes with people that have been hurt in relationships, and they are trying to protect themselves, and so they get into these friends with benefits relationships because mm-hmm. they see that as a buffer to keep them from being hurt again. Right. That way they continue to keep a wall up. Right. And it's you know it's a false sense of security because if you've been in a relationship and you've been hurt, 
until you go through that process of healing and until you go through that process of developing enough confidence and trust to try another relationship, then you're just fooling yourself if you get into this friends with benefits relationship thinking, well, that's going to keep me from being hurt because you might be vulnerable enough to develop feelings for that person and end up being hurt anyway. So if you've been hurt and you're not willing to take that risk and you get into a relationship like that, there's still the potential of being hurt. It's kind of like you have a familiar relationship and there's a certain amount of comfort in that because you know that person, but that's not an accurate, you know, a very uh, realistic you know, relationship because it's built around some values that are different from what you would have in a committed relationship. Um, but that yeah. familiarity might be just enough to allow you to at least take a little bit of a risk to go there. So we're going to get ready for a break, and we'll come back in a minute and finish talking about it. But be thinking about the original question, is it possible to be just friends after having sex? Okay. Okay, we'll do that. This is the Soul of America Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio, and you're listening to Dr. Bo. Call Dr. Bo today at 323-784-9638 and press 1 if you want to speak to the doctor. Uh, so That's we'll right. get back to 
get back to our topic. One of the things, again, with these relationships is that you have to think that if you have a friendship with someone, there has to be a certain amount of caring for that person. You might not have the romantic caring initially, but that's all a part of the friendship. And I think sometimes people get that confused. Um, We have a hard time separating social intimacy from sexual intimacy. We all have a need for intimacy or being close to someone or attached to someone. And then there's the other side of that, which is more of a sexual intimacy. And some people have a difficult time separating the two. And that's why sometimes it's difficult for people to believe that a man and woman can be, quote-unquote, just friends uh, Mm -hmm. without the sex because of our need for social intimacy. So if you're getting that social intimacy from a friend, then you get close to that line, and that's when people either, you know, normally, consciously or unconsciously cross that line. And so a lot of times that's where the confusion comes from, but there has to be a certain amount of caring about that person, which is why you call them a friend. Now, one thing that some people that have written articles about this topic, I think they put it in the wrong place. Um, In theory, there's the belief that there's no jealousy in these relationships. Right. One piece of research that I looked at said there was a little bit of a contradiction because more than half of the people that were involved in these friends with benefits relationships identified themselves as being jealous people. And if you, well, like you said earlier, after a point in time when you spend so much time with a person and you're intimate with that person, I would say nine times out of ten, you know, feelings are going to start developing or at least you think they're developing. And yeah. um, I, I don't know, you know. It's, it's kind well, of, I, think the, I think the feelings develop before people even recognize it sometimes and definitely before they're willing to admit it. Sometimes right. they're just in denial of their feelings. But if you think about how our bodies work. I know that there are some people that are a little, you know, sociopathic, and they can separate their emotions, and they can have certain behavior with absolutely no emotions. But when you just think about physically and biologically how the body works, there's a certain amount of intimacy that has to be there for your body to function sexually. And I realize that there are some people that are cross-wired and their emotions don't match. But I think that's where the confusion lies. But, you know, that one piece of research showed that uh, 60% of the people that were involved in these relationships also identified themselves as basically jealous people. Now, we can have a certain amount of jealousy about a relationship or a friendship that there's no sexual involvement. And I've seen that happen where people were not sexually involved, but they became fairly possessive of their friendships, and they became a little jealous or felt threatened by people, even though it was not a sexual relationship, either with them and the friend or the friend and the person that they were jealous of. Mm-hmm. So I well, think you know, I, I think, well, with women, that can kind of happen, too, when you have a um, friend girl, you know, you're so close mm-hmm. with the person, and it's like if they're not in pocket when you need them, it's like, okay, well, where were you? You know, right. you kind of go through that grilling and 
a friend of uh, mine who lives out of state, she and I, we kind of carry on that kind of relationship with each other. If I'm not available, she'll, you know, okay, now don't make me go upside your head. And I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Well, I think that people need to realize that jealousy in and of itself is not a bad thing. That's normal human behavior. It becomes a problem when you go overboard with it and it starts interfering with your relationships with other people and you become too possessive of that person. And so I think that if you are involved with someone, even in just a friendship, if you aren't careful, unless that person is just plug ugly and undesirable, (laughs) at some point you're going to develop some feelings toward that person and you have to make a decision about that relationship, about which is more important, the friendship or the sex. Right. And I think that right. it's possible for people to have that discussion and to reach that point that I value your friendship so much that I'm not willing to risk that friendship just for the sexual part. Now, these people oftentimes will go to someone else for the sexual part because they mm-hmm. value that friendship. And that's showing respect for that person uh, in the sense that you are valuing that relationship enough that you don't want to risk damaging it. But the thing about it, you have to be real careful because if you care about someone as a friend and that person is naturally attractive, then the sparks are going to fly eventually. And that's where it sneaks up on people sometimes. They don't intend for it to happen, but if you don't plan for it not to happen, you're planning for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. You don't keep those boundaries. If there's not a specific discussion up front of we're going to go this far and that's it. Right, Because once you start getting a little bit in that gray area, before you know it, somebody's going to be wanting something more. (laughs) And once you become sexually involved, that relationship will never be the same again because what happens with a friendship, if you think back, Way back when we first started the show in July, we talked about the friendship factor. Mm-hmm. Some of the characteristics of a solid friendship or what you want in an intimate relationship. And the only difference is that one is sexual and one is and not. One isn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you spend time with that person, human nature is going to kick in and you're going to develop some feelings for that person. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to give in to those feelings and do something about it. You could choose to maintain a platonic relationship, but a lot of times there's a lot of sexual tension because you're having these feelings that are natural, normal feelings, and they're not being you know, satisfied. And sometimes that can create a rift in the relationship because of the confusion that it creates and because one person wants one thing and the other one wants something different. And that gets back to the original premise of women want the friendship or the intimacy, the men want the sex or the benefits. Yeah, and if you yeah. can't agree on that, it could get kind of sticky. Um, you know, sometimes if you're in a relationship like that and you um, you don't think that this person is the one that you want to be committed to, and it's kind of like, well, I'm going to just try this one out for a while and until the real one comes along. Well, what happens a lot of times is that that might get in the way of you recognizing the real one or even being available to the real one because the real one might become available with that person and they aren't going to let you know that they're interested because they don't want to be, you know, turned down or risk being, you know, turned down. 
And so you might be missing out on the real one while you're involved in this friends with benefits relationship. And it also creates a lot of confusion for families and friends. Like, who is this person? What is they? What are they really to you? Yeah, uh, I know yeah. you're sexually involved, and but you're saying you're not dating, and you're not in a relationship. Well, no, we're just friends. We're, we're, <laughs> you know, that's that's my home girl. That's my home. Well, that's my homeboy. My yeah, vote is I'm, that you can't be just friends after you have sex with somebody. It just takes it to a whole different level. And what is involved with being sexually intimate with a person? It's totally different, and once you get it's kind of like trying to put toothpaste back in the tube. You can get most of it back in there, but it's going to be kind of messy, and some of it is not going to go back in. So you have to make up your mind. Do you want the friendship or the sex? Yeah, I, I kind of think it. I feel like if you're in a situation like that, I was in a situation like that once, and uh me and my friend, we just kind of we we politely avoided one another. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we we communicated and everything, but it's like uh, when we could have saw each other, we didn't. So mm-hmm. I think I think it was you know I think it preserved the friendship. So, right. and I think that's why it's so important for if you are in a, real, a friendship with someone and you're finding yourself sexually attracted to that person. You would like to think that that friendship is solid enough that you can have a discussion about what those feelings are and then work out a compromise of from both parties. What is it that you value the most? Do you want us to have this friendship or do you want to risk that friendship being damaged because we take it to the you know, sexual level? And yeah. I think that in fairness to each person, you need to have that discussion about where do we really want this relationship to go. But do you realize that most people No, they're not going to talk plan. about it. No, they don't plan for it. They just kind of start hanging out and they do things together and they don't sit down and talk about whether they have shared values or shared interests or whether they're compatible or not. They just kind of go for it. And then they are surprised when things don't work out. Well, if you don't plan, if you don't discuss, if you don't communicate, if you don't compare your values and your expectations, it's like a person being in a relationship or being married and one wants to have children and the other one's doesn't, but they don't discuss that up front. You know, I I think you get confused because you you already have a relationship established because you're friends. Mm -hmm. And right. if your friends evidently, you know, you get along on a lot of levels and stuff, mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, these may be topics that you've discussed but directed at other people, you know what I'm right. saying? And then when it comes down to the two of you, you haven't discussed it between yourselves. Right. And like you say, you get into a situation and the toothpaste won't go back into the tube. Yeah. And <laughs> you have to think, if you have this quote-unquote friendship, but you can't be open, honest, and transparent with that person, then you need to... Bring you know you need to reevaluate your relationship because if it's a solid friendship, then you should be willing and able to express yourself, to say what you think and feel, and to be honest about your expectations. But I think that that's you know um, you know something to think about. But uh, I think we might have. Uh, 205, looks like they might want to join in. So let's see what 205 has to say. Hello? Uh, hello, how are you doing? We're doing great. Good. Yeah, 
interesting discussion. I, I was with my child. I've been listening to you while I was uh, at a basketball practice with my child, so if I missed this, forgive me. But um, I, I think I hear you saying that once you have developed a sexual relationship in, in, uh, with the person, that it's pretty hard to go back and be friends. And I don't know if you've addressed this already, but if you have had children together, uh, of course you have to have sex to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are, are are you does that uh, um, you know? And that, let's say you have you have sex, and, and let's say you don't really plan for kids, but you have sex, mm-hmm. and you get, and then for whatever reason you decide to go on about your business, but you still maintain a, a friendship for the sake of the child. Um, so. Isn't there a point within a relationship like that where, uh, you know, because I could be involved with somebody else, and mm-hmm. then I'm, if I'm thinking what you're thinking, I'm going to never want them to be alone because I'm going to say, okay, well, they've had sex before, so I don't ever want them to be alone or, or be around each other because once they have sex, they can't be friends, and they're trying to be friends now because of the child. Uh, is see, that, yeah. now, I see that as being a little different, and, I'm not saying that it's not possible to be just friends with that person because I'll look share some research that I've found that shows that a lot of people do go back to being just friends. I'm saying it's difficult. Now, I see if you have a child involved, that's a whole different thing because yeah. it's in that child's best interest for you to be friends, to be cordial, to be co-parents, whether you're married or not. I think that that child deserves to have both parents, regardless of what kind of relationship the parents have. So I see those as two separate relationships. I think when there are no children involved, which is what we were talking about up to this point, it's very difficult. Uh, But if you have a child involved, I think that it's imperative for you to be friends, to be civil for that child's benefit. So I see those as two separate uh, categories. Most of the time, when you're talking about the friends with benefits relationships, these are people that are not married. You know, they don't have children together. Now, sometimes, let me reframe that: they're not married to each other. <laughs> sometimes one of them might be married, and they're kind of sneaking and stepping out on the side. They got one on the side, but. Most of the time when you're talking about these relationships, these are people that are not married to each other. They don't have children together. Now, if they're married, uh, if they're you know not married but have children together, then that falls into a whole different ballgame. Now, I've seen people that were married and they got divorced, and they were better friends and had a better relationship as friends than they did as husband and wife. Well, now, a lot of... A lot of a lot of divorced people do end up being better friends uh, after the fact. Right. But what that reflects is why it's important for people to do what I always say, is before you get into a serious relationship, you need to do an assessment of what your basic values are, what your needs are, and what are the you know things that you aren't willing to accept. And I think that that's very important for people to do that. But no, uh, I think that you know, what we're talking about is different than if you have a child together. I think it's very important for you to be friends for that child's benefit. Well, it's time for another break. Time is really flying, so we'll take a little break, and then we'll be back shortly. 
Chris, tell them where they can get some soulful talk radio. Right here on the Soul of America Radio. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. here on the Soul of America Radio, you be sure to tune in and listen to Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy hosts a segment called Let's Straighten It Out, in which we work out or help you work out relationship issues, whether it's parent, child, friend, co-worker, or even the special love of your life. You can call Big Easy right here at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. So throw everything else you got to do on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Throw it out the window. And you tune in right here to the Soul of America Radio and listen to Big Easy. Well, well, uh-huh. uh, Dr. 
about what what about when a player runs into another player and they get involved in a friends with benefits? You know, you said earlier one party is natural. It's, it's, it's just natural that one party's probably going to start having more feelings for the other person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if both of them are players, you know, how does that turn out? That's when the psychopaths come out. Well, you got a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I think that a lot of times people call themselves players, and they're just as wimpy as they can be. They, you know, they just are covering up their emotions. Uh, I don't think that a lot of people are as hard as they think they are or as they want to be. But if both of them are players, they typically are people that don't want to be committed, and they can be very promiscuous. But there are a lot of risk involved in that. But even players fall in love sometimes or they get yeah. bitten. So I think well, that song back in the 80s, gigolos get lonely too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think if they're both, quote, unquote, players, uh, that could be a more volatile situation because what will likely happen is that they aren't, even if they recognize that they have feelings, they probably aren't going to be willing to admit it, and people like that tend to be more manipulative, and they you know, end up hurting themselves. So I think that if they're both players, then that could be a more volatile situation because they think that they're not going to get involved. But you just never know when you might cross that boundary and you might develop these relationships, uh, friendships um, with that person might get to a different level. So I think that when they're both players, uh, it's even more important for them to be realistic. I think the bottom line is that if you have a solid friendship, then hopefully you can be open, honest, and transparent in that relationship. If you can't be, then you need to reevaluate that relationship. But you know, what do these people do uh, with their friends and families? Because uh, they don't want to be seen as a couple, but everybody knows what's going on, and they may as well just be open and honest about it. But a lot of times they don't, you know, feel like they can do that. But well, you know, thing, I think it's kind of hard to come out to your family. Well, she's just my friends with benefits, you know. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound too good, you know. It sounds well, sweet. Everybody oh. knows. Um, <laughs> and you have those saying, why buy the cow when you can get all the milk for free, you know. It's, right, right. There are a lot of euphemisms for that, and some of them, because we might have some kids listening, we won't go to what some of those names are for what they're called, but it's, uh, you know, it's FB, but it's not Facebook, you know. Uh, but <laughs> I think that people need to be realistic about this because one possibility is that for whatever reason you don't want to be committed, whether it's fear of being hurt or you're a player or whatever the reason is, you might just be missing out on an opportunity for a good, solid relationship. And People don't realize what they might be missing. And with your emotions, if you try to squelch your emotions or cover them up and mask them, you know, you just become hard and unfeeling. And most people aren't that way. So even sociopaths have feelings. And even sociopaths can get hurt. Yes, they do. Now, they don't always admit it. And some of them are so cold-blooded that you don't, think that they have feelings, but at some point, um, I have no saying even a broken clock is right twice a day. So (laughs) 
human <laughs> sociopaths have feelings and don't want to be hurt. And sometimes that's what people are hiding behind, this bravado of they are so loose and don't want to be committed and I'm just a player and I've got women all over the place. Sometimes people don't stop to think, you know, what they sound like, you know, when they say that. I uh, was looking at um, what's that Judge Karen, uh, Judge Karen's courts the other day, and they had this guy on here. He was less than forty years old and had thirty kids. Uh uh-uh. uh And I said, and he thinks that's something to brag about. Less than forty <laughs> with thirty kids. I think he was about thirty nine or forty, and had thirty kids ranging from. One, the youngest one was less than a year old, and the oldest one was 21. Now, you know he had some baby mamas that Two had Two or three that was the time. same age. Yeah. Four or five, really, at that time. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking that idiot doesn't realize how much of an idiot he's showing himself to be because he's not taking care of any of them. No, and the reason he was in I mean, court not adequately he, anyway. You know, he's not Obama. Not at all, because he wasn't. <laughs> a lot of people just making babies, and they don't work because they think that's going to get them out of paying child support. But you know, if they ended up in jail, then that'll take it. But you miss I mean, out on what, what type of stigma would that have for the kids? So? Well, some kids, unfortunately, that's not a stigma for them. We have some real strange values in some of our uh, social segments where some people think, think that's okay. Thirty kids. Uh, but well, the my kids mother don't. had she had she had ten, and that was you know back in the day, and they really had nothing to do. That was before TV. So <laughs> um, I can't I, I can't I, I can't see that. That's, well, I have a cousin who had twelve kids. And they they were married for all those years until he died. And but Bo, twelve yeah. and thirty is two two different numbers. Well, this guy, there are a lot of names that you could call him, but most of them wouldn't be positive. But why in the world? That is so irresponsible. That exactly. goes way beyond the friends with benefits. That's that's something crazy. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, that's what happens is a lot of these kids end up, you know, having to be on welfare and the uh, irresponsible parents is going on making more babies. But at some point, these women have to hold them accountable. And unfortunately, some of them won't even go to court to get child support. Well, they'll just be getting pennies. Yep. 30 kids. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. Even a millionaire shouldn't have that many. <laughs> so it's time to take another break. We'll be back shortly. Chris, tell them where they can get some soulful talk radio. Right here on the Soul of America Radio.
Welcome back to Let's Straighten It Out. This is Dr. Bo, a.k.a. Big Easy, and I've got my co-host Denise on with me tonight, and we're talking about friends with benefits or what's love got to do with it is our title for tonight. Uh, we've been talking about some of the pros and cons of these relationships, and with the 10 minutes or so that we have left, I want to share with you some research that I ran across um, about these types of relationships, which actually are pretty prevalent, uh, more so than people might realize. But one set of statistics that I saw said that with people that are in these friends with benefits relationships, that about 10% of them become romantically involved and monogamous in their relationships, that about 51%, a little bit more than half of them, go back to just being friends without the sex, but that 39% of them in the relationship, period. Uh, they just lose out on both the relationship, the friendship, and the sex because they are the ones that can't go back and uh, cross those boundaries. And with those statistics, I think people need to look at if I'm involved in a friendship and I'm becoming sexually attracted to that person then I need to evaluate which is more important, the friendship or the sex, because as these statistics show, um, more than half the people can go back to being just friends, but almost 40% of them just end the relationship altogether. So what that means is that you end up losing both the friendship and the sex, at least with that person, and you never <laughs> know what impact it's going to have on the other person. Well, I, I don't think people realize sometimes how much uh, a good friend is really worth until they're actually gone. Mm -hmm. So with the 30% that just ended, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure they have a regret behind it. If they I were you know, really good friends prior yeah. to. Because you're missing both. You know, you I think you're learning the hard way the value of that friendship. And I think that some people might look back to regret it, but that's what you have to look at on the front end is that what is more important to you, um, the friendship or the sex. There's one bit of research that was done at either Michigan or Michigan State. They interviewed over a 1,000 undergraduates uh, at this university, and 64% oh, of the men indicated that they had been involved in friends with benefits relationships, and 51% of the women indicated that they had been involved. And as I said earlier, this is a lot more common in, on college campuses simply because of that environment. And a lot of these young folks were not married. Some of them are looking to get married. Some of them are running away from marriage and don't, even want to be married, which is why they get involved in these relationships. And again, these friends with benefits relationships are quite different from open marriages, which is involving married people. But uh, of these people that were interviewed, 76% uh, of them um, that thought that they were identified themselves as casual daters were really in these friends with benefits relationships, which just shows how confusing it can be sometimes of what do you really call it? Is it casual dating or is it friends with benefits? And as we think about the earlier definition, 
casual dating is typically with a variety of people, uh, but the friends with benefits relationships are typically uh, confined to that one person. Um, one of the interesting things that came out of that research that they did was that over 80% of these people uh, felt that they could be in a, a sex without love relationship. And about 13% of them felt that you had to have love uh, to be sexually involved, that it had to be with someone that you were in love with. But in this category of people, a lot of them felt that it was, you know, that you could have the sex without the love, and they're really, I think, confusing some of what that really is about. And you had a lot of people that felt that it was not, possible uh, or not likely to have a deep loving relationship that would help people to get through a lot of difficulties, which is why they made it such a casual relationship. But I think the commonality with people like that is that they don't want to commit to the relationship. They don't want to be accountable, and they or, in my opinion, it's, it's really a lot of insecure, I mean, immaturity. Yeah. Uh, and some insensitivity to the other person because uh, if you're not willing to commit to that relationship and you don't want to be accountable, then what does that say it. about your friendship and what does that say about the person that's willing to put up with that? Yeah. Uh, in that group that they looked at, it said that um, a little, almost 65% uh, of the people uh, were back, and 53% of the whites admitted to being in those relationships. Now, one set of uh, statistics that I'm going to do a little bit more research on um, from this particular group that said that blacks value romantic relationships less than whites, and their data. Uh, some of this came from the National Survey on Families and Households where they were talking about the instability of black marriages and fewer black people getting married and that the friends with benefits relationships were more common, uh, that there was less likely to be willing to emotionally invest in a relationship and that the primary base of the relationship was the sexual part of it. Uh, so I'm going to do a little bit more research on that particular study and see if we can find a little bit more uh, information about that. But I think that people need to realize that there are a lot of these types of relationships out there. I think the underlying uh, core value or people that are not willing to commit to one relationship and to make it work, and a certain part of that is a certain amount of selfishness and immaturity, and people in those relationships don't realize what they might be missing out on to have a monogamous or committed relationship. The one, benefit, uh, the one disadvantage or the con that I forgot to mention was that if you're involved in these types of relationships or the casual dating relationship, there's an increased risk of STDs because oh, yeah. you don't know 
who people are out there with. And right. they might tell you that they are practicing safe sex or that they are, you know, taking care of themselves. But you never know. And no. if you're willing to take that risk, then you have to be willing to you know, know what's going to come up with it. So uh, we want to encourage you to think about that and to think about tuning in on Monday to in the latest room on Tuesday to Totally Taboo. And next week on Let's Straighten It Out, we're going to talk about those turbulent teen years. And we want oh, to. Right. Get I'm, I'm definitely going to be here. Thanks, folks, for listening in tonight and tune in next week to learn how to deal with those teens. So thanks for joining in tonight. Hopefully it's been both informative and entertaining, and we will see you next week. All right, Dr. Bo, i tell you one thing that's been entertaining was the guy with the 30 kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I didn't meet him. Oh, that's, there are some out there. Too many. We'll see you next week. All right. You have a good weekend. You too.